0: Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association. Today's autistic moment is always a free to listen to podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of today's autistic moment is sponsored by the autism society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource for over 50 years. The Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at ausm.org. Please go to the new podcast episodes page of todaysautisticmoment.com, where you will find all the shows and download the program scripts with all of the hyperlinks I mention on each show and the interview transcripts. Interview transcripts for 2022 are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. If you want to listen to any previously published shows, go to the episode index page. Also, be sure to follow today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Please join today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook where you can talk with me and other listeners. I want to say a special thank you to the Autism Society of Minnesota for a wonderful 27th annual Minnesota Autism Conference April 27th through the 29th. I was so honored to have my first exhibit table at the conference. It was so great to have autistic individuals and caregivers stop by the table to learn about today's autistic moment and plan to become new listeners it was just wonderful <clears throat> i also want to congratulate tess michelle heidi and krista who were the winners of the free coffee mugs in addition to the two coffee mugs with today's autistic moments logo on them flagship recreation a company that helps create safe, interactive playgrounds with autistic children in mind, gave me two of their mugs to give away. Thank you so much, and congratulations. The Autistic Voices Roundtable discussion that was planned for May 25th, entitled The Truth About Applied Behavioral Analysis ABA Therapy, has been postponed to a later date. There were not enough applicants for the roundtable conversation, and it would be inappropriate to have one without a better representation of the diversity of autistic individuals to talk about this topic. When I am able to put together a better panel discussion with more, a more appropriate panel, I will move forward with plans and updated announcements at that time. The autistic community just finished with one of the busiest times of the year during Autism Acceptance Month. I know I am not the only autistic person who is feeling tired and even a bit burned out from the many conversations and controversies surrounding the subject of autism. We have read the opposing opinions on social media been inundated with conference and discussion opportunities, and had what feels like an unending round of conversations to explain ourselves to many neurotypical people who just don't understand, nor do they want to understand, what autistic people experience on a daily basis. Having said all that, there are many of us autistics who mask our autism to protect ourselves. From the hurtful things people say or do in a world that is designed for and by neurotypical people. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we mask our autism and try to fit in to a society that doesn't fit us, the ending result can be burnout. Lyra Coleman, the NeuroDivergent Rebel, is my guest today. Lyric continues to be a remarkable advocate for neurodiversity, LGBTQIA people, and more through their social media posts and other podcasts. Lyric and I are going to talk about what masking and burnout is for autistic people with some great suggestions for self-advocacy and, more importantly, self-care. Please stay tuned after this first commercial break when Lyric will bring their expertise on the topic of autistic masking and burnout. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on Anchor FM, Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible.
1: Self-direction has many different names. Self-determination, consumer direction, and even PDO. But they all mean the same thing. You are in control of your long-term care. With self-direction, choose what's best for you. Hire the people that you trust. In some states, they can even be your family. Manage your long-term care expenses. Self-direction offers the same or lower cost than other options. Control your care and choose the support that is most important to you. You deserve to be supported in your home and community, surrounded by friends and activities you love. With self-direction, you can live life on your own terms, regardless of age or ability. Take control of your care. Visit gtindependence.com.
0: The most important work that people do is take care of each other and the people who provide your care should have the best support. Life Superior is here to help you and your caretakers. This family-owned business is one of Minnesota's fastest-growing personal care providers because of the support they provide for their clients and co-workers. If you need a PCA agency that combines compassion and professionalism, or if you care for someone today and would like to learn how to get paid for this work, Please call us at 612 or visit us at lifesuperior.com autism. Welcome back everyone, and now please join me in welcoming the neurodivergent rebel Lyric Holmans. Lyric, thank you so much for coming back to today's Autistic moment. it is such a pleasure to have you back.
2: Yeah, well, thanks for having me again. I, I'm glad I was, uh, you know, I just, I didn't scare you off when you wanted me to come back.
0: <laughs> oh, no, 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 uh, quite the opposite actually. Um, yeah. Well. The last few episodes, uh, several episodes that I've uh, aired, there has been a lot of conversation about masking. Um, My good friend, uh, David Gray Hammond, um, spoke in November, December about how his um, substance abuse addiction was very much related to his masking. Right now, he is actually taking some time off because he is experiencing his own burnout. Um, And I mean, I have heard about that masking is a great um, contributor to um, trauma. And we have heard about how masking has impacted a lot of autistic women. So I think it's a good idea to have a base conversation about what masking and burnout is and to talk about some ways that maybe um, we can work to address it. And, um, you know, I just think it's so important to put this information out there so that autistic adults can, all autistic adults can have access to it and really begin to do their own work of self-advocacy about it. So, as I always begin, what important information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about when we speak of masking and burnouts
2: i would say that you know the first and probably most important thing for people to understand is that masking and camouflaging our neurodivergent traits is something that we do in self defense it's a survival skill a coping mechanism that we develop and a lot of us don't even realize we're doing it when we when this happens and we develop it because the world can be really hostile and violent you know physically mentally violent to those of us who are different Uh, a lot of us you know myself included when I was younger I experienced bullying and was picked on by other kids and teachers Uh, but I grew up on the theater and in the stage Uh, so when I was in in middle school I was in a play and I realized oh I can act and be this character in a play Uh, and I had moved schools one summer and it was I was going to go to a new school and I was like well I can like act and be someone the bullies won't pick on anymore. Uh, and so that was me like consciously deciding I was gonna start masking. Like, I, gave, I wish I could go back and like shake the idea out of young me's head, you know, back then. But it was like, I was like, oh, I'm acting. I can do that in real life too. No, no, terrible. Uh, it was it was something that started years ago, you know and I'd probably been doing it before that without realizing too, but I was masking so hard uh, that I got to the point where I was diagnosed because of it, because I couldn't do it anymore when I was 29, because I had built this complex mask and I had developed a life I didn't even want uh, that I couldn't maintain and sustain. And I was really just isolated and alone because I was presenting something out to the world that wasn't realistic or wasn't me and wasn't authentic. And so I couldn't form authentic relationships with people. Uh, it had a lot of impacts on me. And, and in my, my health and my self-esteem, you know, feeling that who I was wasn't good enough that I could just be myself to not even really knowing who I was anymore. Uh, so you know, for me, it had a lot of uh, complications and it wasn't something I did to be deceptive or manipulative. It was something I did because I didn't feel safe and so even now i mask uh and when i when i realize i'm masking a lot i ask myself like what is it about this environment that means i don't feel safe enough to be myself uh, because that, that's the thing is people that not realize it's, it's something we do because we don't have emotional safety and security we don't feel safe enough to be ourselves and let that part of ourselves show
0: yeah do you think there's a similarity um of masking and um, being in the closet as far as being gay or lesbian and that sort of thing. I would say that there's a a very very, very great (laughs) similarity between the two. What do you think of that?
2: Oh yeah, freaking stinking lootly, without a doubt. Uh, You know, I I am queer and autistic. I'm non-binary and then I knew I was attracted to people of different genders uh, when I was very young. So I, I know I've always, um, identified as a queer person. I didn't come out non-binary until I was in my 30s, Uh, but it is, like, this feeling of, like, when I came out, like, queer, it was because I was taking off my autistic mask. It was because I was starting to ask myself, the question every time I did anything or dressed up or you know left the house or did anything, I was like, "Am I doing this for me, or am I, am I doing this for like some kind of performance or expectations of other people? Like, am I being like who I want to be, or who, am I being who I think society needs me to be?" And then you know the autistic and neurodivergent stuff started to fall away, and then at the same time, gender was this big thing staring me in the face. I couldn't ignore it anymore because it was like oh my gosh, this is not me. This is so performative. This is just another part of that mask where it was like, just as with being autistic, I had put on society's version of air quotes acceptable to not get bullied or picked on or be misunderstood in the world because it made life easier to hide. And with my gender identity, I had done the exact same thing. I had put on what society was expecting someone of the assignment I had been given at birth you know, I was doing what was expected to not make waves, to hi- to hide, to blend in, because it was safer, it was easier. I live in Texas, for goodness' sake! It's a horrible, freaking place for queer people to be in Texas. Um, as if anyone's following the news, this isn't new. It's it's always been bad, but it just seems to be getting worse, not better. Uh, so, you know, it's it's very much for survival and not to be ostracized and you know misunderstood. Mm. It's it, it's so so parallel, and you know, with trans people, we see. Um, and queer people being in closets leads to suicide and in autistic people we know masking and burnout leads to mental health problems and we know suicide is the top killer of autistic people
0: so yeah yeah you know um and as you're saying masking has a lot to do with um a lack of autism acceptance we just we're, Mm -hmm. we're just getting past autism acceptance month and a lot is due to the fact that The world is not designed is designed for and by non-autistic people all you know neurotypical people it's not you know and so as uh, benjamin christmas was saying in in the episode about um trauma is that when the world is not made for you nor does it um seem to make itself available to you there's this there's all these micro traumas that occur Mm -hmm. and so the masking um is an attempt to try to try to shield us from some of those micro traumas when in fact what we're really doing is adding to them not really Mm -hmm. deleting them yeah so yeah so let's talk a little bit about burnout we know that uh, masking can indeed lead to burnout Mm hmm so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the burnout part.
2: Oh, God. I I wouldn't know if I was autistic if it weren't for burnout. So on one hand, I'm really grateful for burnout because it is what led me to my diagnosis at 29. Mm. Uh, but up until that point in my life, I was in this repeated cycle of endless burnout, constantly burning myself out because I had, I, I grew up and went almost 30 years of my life thinking I was a neurotic person. So I had neurotypical expectations on myself, even when those expectations are really cruel and unfair. And for a lot of years in life, I did really well by mostly sticking to the things I was good at only and avoiding anything I was really bad at. But then when I went into corporate America, I had to like the demand upon me was increased. And I was so just exhausted by all of it. The masking really hard to be an appropriate corporate person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the sensory environment of the office uh, leading to me having like physical health issues like seizures, migraines. I was getting really sick and I was losing weight uh, and all of that on top of, you know, trying really hard to be who I knew my company wanted me to be uh, because I was in the recruiting team. So that made it worse because I could see exactly what we hired for and what we were like. I don't want people to do this. I don't want do that. And it was like, they don't want me. So I was like, okay, I have to be all these things that they want me to be because I thought it was like this dream corporate job. You know, we got scooters and coffee bars and beer taps and, you know, it's like one of those things they think is like super trendy, Uh, but at what cost? Because we had no life. We worked, you know, so many hours a week and I was so drained that I gave up all of my passions. I didn't have any energy left at the end of the day after work, to i was in survival mode all the time so it's like i go home i have no energy to give my partner i have no energy to engage in the things i love eventually i get to where i don't have the desire to do the things i love anymore because i've just been so tired and then after a while the burnout keeps going you start to wonder how much of this you're going to be able to survive and how much longer you'll be able to keep it up and then i got to a point where i didn't know if i'd be able to keep going anymore and i was thinking maybe i should just you know cut my losses and end it (laughs) you know it was like yeah
0: yeah yeah And that's
2: why suicide is a thing. It's a real problem.
0: After this next commercial break, Lyric is going to talk about how the difficulties of just getting an accurate autism diagnosis is contributing to masking and burnout. And we're also going to talk about some great ideas for self-advocacy and self-care. Please stay tuned. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA choice, homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services.
2: Are you a company or an organization that works with or wants to work with neurodivergent entrepreneurs? Are you overwhelmed with writing documents and social media copy? Well, look no further than Taz Thoughts LLC, neurodivergent owned and operated writing company. We do the writing so you don't have to. Remember, be kind, keep an open mind and contact us today at TazThoughts.com so you can hire neurodivergent.
0: Many of the listeners of today's Autistic Moment are in places where they cannot find up-to-date information about autism. Other podcasts focus on the medical model, including treatments and cures for autism, without listening to the voices and concerns of actually autistic people who want to live happier and more fulfilling lives as they are. Today's Autistic Moment is helping autistic adults find each other and join the movement for neurodiversity to make the world a better place for neurodivergence. The podcast is always free of charge because autistic adults and people who care about autistics listen to and support my work. When you go to todaysautisticmoment.com to purchase a spinner fidget or click on the blue button to subscribe to my Patreon page, You are helping me to make this podcast better and better with each show, guest, and transcript. You can purchase a Spinner Fidget for $4.99 plus sales tax, shipping, and handling, and or subscribe to my Patreon page starting at $1 a month or more by going to todaysautisticmoment.com right now. Thank you for supporting Today's Autistic Moment. support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills
2: program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at
1: miccommunity.org.
0: know what are the barriers for autistic adults regarding uh masking and burnout and like as always usual we're naming many of them but um you know the barriers continues to be a neurotypical culture that just does not um receive or nor is it really inclusive of um of autistic individuals you know um Mm -hmm. A little over a little a year ago, I interviewed uh, Samuel J. Levine, who is a phenomenal advocate for autistic people regarding employment. And you know, he um, said during that that you can only do so much with the law because the law can easily be, you know people can find their way around the law. But really the secret to a lot of this is changing the mindset of people about what being autistic means. And so part of the barrier for regarding masking and burnout uh, continues to be that we still have this mindset about what autism is supposed to look like, what being autistic is supposed to look like. We still have, ha- you know, uh, Rose Carrero just, just happened to talk about how, how, you know, there are people who, are di- who still listen to the words classic classic autism, <laughs> you know, those sorts of things, um, you know, all of these things are some kind of barrier.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, that, I, I noticed that with understanding of autism is so poor when I was diagnosed and I started to try to tell people I was autistic, because all of a sudden everyone's like, I don't believe you, or are, are you sure, or you're really diagnosed, or, uh, you know, you must be high functioning. All of these things are like very dismissive when I'm trying to like, especially like, you know, in the workplace, when I'm trying to like ask for help and accommodations. It's like, oh, but you're high functioning. You really don't need support. <laughs> like, oh yeah. my God, you know, I went through this whole process to get this diagnosis. And it was like, I, I went through it because I knew I needed accommodations in the workplace. And I still couldn't get them. I still ended up just leaving that job. And now I don't even work in someone else's company anymore because it's just easier for me to have the control I need right now because so many workplaces I, aren't even set up to accommodate, you know? And it's like, I don't uh, need that much. Just let me yeah. manage my own schedule. Let me work from home. Uh, you know, it's, it's not that hard. Yeah. Give me things yeah. in writing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, Tess Cronby, I don't know if you know them. Tess is just an incredible advocate i've i interviewed her in february about eating disorders for autistics and uh, they mentioned that they went to a doctor they've gone to a doctor to receive some kind some help or something and and you know one of the doctors they went to simply said are you sure you're autistic you're so high functioning and because they said things like that tasks you know you can't get through a whole doctor's appointment to address the the needs that they have because they spent the rest of that appointment explaining to this doctor i am actually autistic you know yeah the
2: medical people don't even know which is really sad and it's like that was the same thing when i got diagnosed i asked my gp because they were referring me for mental health assessment and i had seen like an autistic book Uh, about something else it was autistic author but they shared some experience about how their their life was and I was like wait that's like literally my brain what what, what's happening and so I dismissed it and so but then I was getting a a mental health assessment referral so I said hey can I see someone that knows something about autism since we're gonna go do this thing Uh, and the doctor's like well I don't think you're autistic but yeah and gave me a business card and then off on my way Uh, and then after the diagnosis you know I'm like oh I got the autism I I am autistic and the doctors like I I never would have guessed and it was like okay I need to get a new doctor (laughs) so I
0: fired her
2: I didn't get a new doctor though I haven't been to the doctor in like years now
0: yeah 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 you know um yeah wow I mean I mean last month uh I'm sorry in in March when I celebrated um Women's History Month. Um, one of the people I I interviewed in was uh, Michelle Newman, who talked about autistic postmenopausal women, and you know she went through 35 years of misdiagnoses before she was finally diagnosed with with autism, and and, and you know things like that are are just so crushing because um, because before we're diagnosed, we, we have probably, we have probably been masking quite a lot until we actually get diagnosed. And then it mm-hmm. takes so much to get us to take off those masks, you know, um, and, 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 you know, I, I have to believe that a lot of that is just due to the, the terrible internalized ableism that we take on, you know, that... Oh
2: or fear you know it's, fear. it's a risky thing it's risky to take that mask off it's risky because people may judge you for it you may lose people who have been close to you it's risky because if you're a parent like you, that could be used against you in certain situations uh i've known people mm-hmm. who have had that used against them in divorces where the other parent was like well they're autistic they can't you know so they they didn't get custody So, you know, there's risk, there's a real risk there, in addition to just the trauma and the internalized ableism that many of us have, because we live in this ableist society, you know.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, um, what steps do you think autistic adults and our supporters need to take to advocate for our needs? And I repeat what I've been saying uh, at the beginning of this particular year, um, I really do believe that autistics have those strengths and tools to use for self advocacy. It's just a matter of discovering them and putting them to use. And so maybe I might ask you to help answer this question um, What are some strengths and tools that you have found within yourself to address the issues of masking? and burnout. What, what are some things that you've learned over, over, the, over time to help you cope with that?
2: You know, I've been trying to just go back to basics to where I was before my burnout. Uh, making, like making rest and self-care a priority because when I was in corporate America, you were basically shamed for downtime and it was like something you had to earn, like this coveted thing, like, Oh, you've worked 70 hours a week for the last six weeks. You get an hour of time to yourself to go to the spa. You get a spa day. It's like, you're, you're, you're not living your life. And I wasn't living my life. Uh, So like making time for those things that recharge my soul and, you know, help me center and stay in touch with myself and my own needs because Yeah, I was spending so much time at work. I never had time to be in my own head and ask myself how I really feel because everyone was always in my head, you know, all the time because I was at work 60, 70 hours a week and then I'd come home and just crash. And so it was like, you know, I got so lost in all of it. Uh, So like taking that time for yourself and and not feeling guilty for it and, and then learning to have boundaries because I didn't have any boundaries when I was diagnosed autistic five and a half years ago, six years ago, I had no boundaries. I had completely had no boundaries. And so it's really been like the, the crisis thing for me was I was on my way to a holiday party. I didn't even want to go to, and I had this most horrible panic attack because I'm going to this thing I don't even want to go to. And it was like, what am I doing forcing myself to things that i really, really don't want to go to so much. So I'm going to have a panic attack. Like, what am I doing? So it's now it's like, every time I commit to something I ask myself, okay, you know, do I really want to commit to this? And I'm like, no, okay. Then I don't commit to it. But it's like, I used to just, I, you know, I had gotten to a point where even though it was very against my nature, I felt like I had to say yes to all these things. I didn't even want to say yes to.
0: Right. You know? Yeah. So if I'm understanding you correctly, one of the ways that you've had to advocate for yourself with this matter is to Help yourself by by creating some boundaries for yourself, so that oh yeah you will you will be able to judge for yourself rather than let others judge for you, where mm-hmm. your your autistic needs are and how you address them rather than letting the society <laughs> sort of teach you how to address them.
2: because yeah, a lot of times I think I think other autistic people can probably relate to this having other people tell you what they think is good for you or what they think you need. And when you're when they're neurotypical, they think what's good for you is based on what would be good for them. And my brain, I now understand, is really different from a lot of brains that are out there in the world. And a lot of things that other people find beneficial, like going out to happy hour with your friends after work to recharge, that does not recharge me. That's going to drain me like three mm-hmm. work days, you know. But I know that now, and so I don't, wouldn't feel guilty turning that down you know, right. but but once upon a time, like I would have let my work colleagues guilt me and my boss guilt me to say, well, you don't like hanging out with your coworkers and your coworkers think you're unapproachable. You know, it didn't matter. I was there to work. I wasn't there mm. to form lifelong bonds. I have, you know, I have my people outside of work for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things that I've had to uh, actually teach myself to do to try to not let myself get to a place of burnout is, um, a few weeks ago I realized that I had been working three straight stressful weeks and I had oh, no. actually given myself some time off I actually had to teach myself you know it's okay if I take mm-hmm. a day off to away from everything I'm doing to just do everything different and yeah. I do think I do think that among the things that leads to burnout um, I think a lot of us experience burnout because of how much advocacy we actually have to do oh I, yeah at one point in time i think there's a point where we get to we have advocacy burnout mm-hmm. you know and i think that you know um i just think that um you know masking um is a, is a is a could be i rather than say it <laughs> could be just one of those things we do as a, as a matter of advocacy that, and I think that's again, among the things that leads us to burnout. Um, you know, um, like I say, David Gray Hammond, when he speaks of his substance abuse, addiction and recovery, I mean, he talks about how that masking uh, led to burnout for him has led to burnout. And even most more recently, I mean, he's just said he's actually taking some sick leave from his work because he's burned out. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, um, you know, we endure a lot of trauma, and I I think a lot of our self-advocacy just comes from you know self-care, how we take care of ourselves, how we know ourselves, and maybe you know how we how we address the needs that we have. you know um and and one of those things has to be is uh finding our ways of communicating our boundaries to others to let them know right now I just cannot help you um Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you can relate to one of the hardest things sometimes for autistics to do or for me to do is just to learn to say no to something (laughs) yeah
2: yeah yeah which is ironic because it's like i'm also a very demand avoidant person so like if anybody comes with me and is like you must do this for me i'm like no but people come and they ask me nicely and i feel very obligated and have a really hard time saying no and so like that has been like my 30s my i'm going to be 35 so it's like almost five years since being diagnosed or more than five years since being diagnosed almost five years since deciding I needed boundaries on my 30th birthday. Uh, And so I've been working on my boundaries for five years and it's still not perfect. Like I still like in the workplace, like that is where I struggle to have boundaries like the most, like I've gotten good at boundaries outside of work and social settings because my social anxiety gets really bad. And so it's like, I'm going to respect the fact that I have social anxiety. It's okay. uh, Mm. But there's some things that's going to make me more stressed if I do. So yeah, I I got those boundaries first, but it's like real easy, especially now that I work for myself, like I could work. Around the clock, but then I start to not be productive, and my work product is crappy, and I'm stressed and miserable. So it's like I'm gonna go like roller skating once a week for two hours at the rink, 15 minutes from my house. Like I put that in my schedule. It is in the calendar. It's happening. Sorry, I can't do appointments this that day. I I go roller skating every day, every every day that Um, week. You know, like it's like, yay, this is my thing. It's like you have to make yourself a priority and I used to feel really guilty about doing things that weren't productive or just for myself for the sake oh. of joy which is terrible we need joy
0: yeah and, and and we really do need to do what I call safe spacing uh where where we're not overwhelmed by our sensory input or output whichever mm-hmm. goes first we really do oh, have yeah. to balance those sensory needs and sometimes if it means Uh, putting a sign on our door do not disturb or you know finding our space to sim whatever and and just just help ourselves become better regulated sometimes we just have to do that we just have Mm -hmm. to um in fact I'm, i'm an advocate for actually putting in your in your weekly schedule this is my safe space day. Do not disturb.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I have, I, I've blocked my schedule now. So it's like, I have two days a week, usually where I do all my calls. And then I have one day a week. that's like administrative tasks. Sometimes I'll take the call in the afternoon after those administrative things are done. Uh, And then I have two solid days in my five day work week that are there's no people involved. It's me quietly working on projects by myself because I really learned that I need that downtime and being engaged with people like every single day, like is going to give me so much stress. I'll be dreading it all day in the morning. If I have a calls in the afternoon, you know, (laughs) so I can't focus because I can't be creative. I'm worried about the people.
0: After this final commercial break, Lyric and I are going to finish up our conversation followed by today's autistic community bulletin board. Please stay tuned.
1: life managing you or are you managing your life? Do you want to find more peace in your life? For many of our clients, self-care is a key to success. Skill building and feedback is essential for self-care. Looking forward life coaching helps provide structure through our person-centered approach that has demonstrated growth for many of our clients. If you or a loved one needs help with structure and strategies around self-care, please visit us at www.lookingforwardlc.org, email us at info at lookingforwardlc.org, or call us at 612-504-7414. Self-care and resiliency can help you weather the storms of life. Looking for Life Coaching helps change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones towards success.
0: On May 23rd, Eric Garcia will return to today's autistic moment to talk about a very important topic, overcoming internalized ableism. Just as trauma is an unavoidable consequence because of a society that is made for and by neurotypical people, so is internalized ableism. We continually get the messages that being disabled is wrong and we internalize those microaggressive messages. Eric and I will talk about how autistics can work towards overcoming internalized ableism. June is LGBTQIA plus pride month. On June 19th, we will celebrate autistic pride. Ian Perkis, the autistic advocate and author from Australia will join me for an insightful episode, The Intersection of LGBTQ. TQIA plus Pride and Autistic Pride on June 6th on June 20th the episode the intersection of LGBTQIA plus Pride and disability and Autistic Pride will take a slightly different turn I will be joined by Andrew Gerza who is a gay person with cerebral palsy and an exceptional advocate for all disabled people through his own podcast, Disability After Dark, and social media presence on several platforms. Andrew and I will talk together about what is happening all too often with disabled people who are LGBTQIA as well as autistic people. Andrew is going to talk about what is happening with disabled people in general while I will be talking about what is happening with autistic people. If you want a more comprehensive understanding of what is happening in all of these communities, this is the podcast to listen to. Be sure to listen in for our first Summer of Self-Care series during July and August. My guest and I will talk about things such as self-care during seasonal depression, Self-care during sensory overload or meltdown. Self-care during a crisis. And self-care during an election year. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. absolutely and i mean it's so important that we do these things because of how much stress masking and, and that burnout places upon us um, mm-hmm. and for and for, and there are there are there are those autistics who you can be stressed out and or are burnt out and quite frankly you're, you're you're not even picking up on how how much you are because you know you just can't you don't see it until someone either someone says by the way do you know that you're a little more stressed out or or irritable right now and sometimes we do need those people to just tell us hey you i think you need to take a break <laughs> and listen mm-hmm. to them you know oh so, yeah yeah yeah
2: well i don't get that well, way until i get like sick you know i start to, i start throwing up and having seizures and migraines and my body's like if you don't stop i will make you stop
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? exactly exactly yeah lyric it is so great to have you back And I think um, this has been one of those important conversations that needs to be had. And uh, I trust for my audience that we've given you all some very important information and some ideas about how you can do some self-care. Because, um, you know, if we, quite frankly, if we do not learn to accept our own autism and appreciate our own autism, and we do not go through the steps to learn how to self-care, it's really difficult to expect anybody else to do to do it with or with and or mm-hmm. for us. So it must begin with our own self, our own self care. Um, you know, and just a little brief announcement: um, this upcoming summer, July and August, I am going to have what I call my Summer of Self Care series, my S O S S series, and which we're going to have uh, talk about um, self care during. Uh, uh during seasonal depression self-care during uh sensory overload or meltdown we're going to talk about uh sensory i'm sorry self-care during a crisis and last but mm. not the very least self-care during an elect an election year um because <laughs> of all the stresses that really can bring yeah off. yeah so mm-hmm. that's, that's coming up this, yeah that's coming up this summer and um I've got some great people who are going to be talking about that particular matter. And so, um, that's that. So, um, and, uh, my audience can always go to the adult autism resources links page for today's autistic and look up the neuro- neurodivergent rebel, um, your, your services there. So, um, and, uh, if you haven't don't follow lyric on facebook twitter instagram and such you're missing a lot of advocacy on many fronts so i encourage my listeners if you're not following them to do that so there's there you go um lyric well, thank, thank you. you so much for yeah you're welcome thank you today's autistic community bulletin board all of these events announced with the links can be found at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board forward slash. Understanding Autism virtual classes will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. These classes are perfect for autistic individuals, caregivers, those who want to understand the basics of autism, and support autistic people. Classes will be held on May 16th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. June 20th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. July 18th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. August 14th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. September 19th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Classes are free of charge, but you must register to attend. On May 24th, from 7 to 9 p.m., Noah Simpson will present a virtual skill shop at the Autism Society of Minnesota entitled Medical Cannabis and Autism Spectrum Disorder. Gain information and strategies involving medical cannabis, Minnesota's Medical Cannabis Program, and how cannabis can be effective treatment for a variety of conditions, including autism. The autism society of minnesota invites you to join them for steps for autism in minnesota 2022 on may 22nd beginning at 9 a.m to 12 p.m at the como lakeside pavilion located at 1360 lexington parkway in st paul minnesota go to ausm.org for more information about these and other events at the Autism Society of Minnesota. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Looking Forward turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones towards success. Go to LookingForwardLC.org for more information. If you would like to have your business or organization mentioned, have questions or comments about today's Autistic Moment, please send an email to p-k-l-o-w-e at todaysautisticmoment.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day.